0: Welcome back to our episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today's episode is a special solo episode that is a holiday survival guide. Now, let's face it. The holidays can be amazing. They can be a great way to deepen relationship with your friends, your loved ones, family, etc. But it can also be an incredibly stressful time for so many people. So I wanted to do a deep dive and do a solo episode on ways to reduce stress on how to deal with loneliness during the holidays, on how to stay on track with your health and fitness goals and fight obesity and weight gain during the holidays. And this episode is filled with so many takeaways and I talk a lot about things that have worked for me and things that I've helped my clients do throughout the course of the holiday season as well. And I think y'all are gonna get so much value out of this. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, They're lonely, they're eating foods that they're not used to eating, or eating more food than they're used to eating, and people have a hard time with all of this. And in today's episode, what I'm going to do is I am going to share some of my top tips to help you reduce stress, to help you deal with loneliness, and to help you fight obesity during the holidays. And I think an overarching theme of this episode is this is that you are not alone. There are so many people during this time of year that are more stressed, that are eating more than they should, that are feeling isolated and lonely. And trust me, I have dealt with all of this myself throughout the course of my life, so I can definitely relate. But I believe this one tip can help you in so many aspects of the holidays and what we're gonna cover today. And this one tip is learning to practice the pause, learning to practice the pause when you're stressed, learning to practice the pause before you eat certain foods, learning to practice the pause when you make a decision, when you're feeling lonely, learning to practice the pause if you get into some unhealthy conversation with a friend or a family member, learning to practice the pause if you are having a negative spiral or negative thoughts or limiting beliefs or, or limiting beliefs within yourself, learning to practice the pause. And that's going to be something that I talk about a little bit more throughout the course of this episode. And so I'm going to break this down into three parts. The first part I'm going to share my top tips for reducing stress during the holidays. I'm going to talk about the do's and the don'ts. I'm going to talk about what has helped me both in the short term and the long term. Then I'm going to talk about how we can deal with loneliness. I'm going to talk about some of the things that have helped me, some of the things that I've learned through experience and from other people. And then I'm going to get into how to fight weight gain and obesity during the holidays. So starting with reducing stress. You know, it's a it's a stressful time of year. People's schedules are more packed than ever. People are dealing with family members they're not used to dealing with. People are dealing with insecurities. They're feeling more anxious. They might be depressed. People have a lot of stuff going on this time of year. And if you're not careful, I think that stress can create so many more problems in your life if you're not careful. Stress can cause you to isolate more. Stress can cause you to make unhealthy decisions to cope with it. Stress can cause you to eat more unhealthy foods and to not take care of yourself, right? So it's so important to manage stress. When it comes to managing stress, some things that I believe are incredibly important that have helped me, and that when I talk to people, it helps them as well, is the importance of exercise and moving your body. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to spend hours a day at the gym every single day. What I believe can really help people manage stress during the holidays is making sure you're doubling down on your healthy habits to the best of your ability. And what I mean by that is there's gonna be a lot of things throughout the holidays that you can't control, whether it's certain family events that you're obligated to go to, maybe it's certain things with kids, other relatives, work stuff, whatever the case may be. But you have to control what you can. And with that said, make sure that you are staying committed to moving your body on a regular basis. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym for two hours every single day. It could mean that you commit to taking a 15 to 20 minute walk every single day to remain calm, to gather your composure, to gather your thoughts, to think about certain things that have happened throughout the day, whatever it is. It could be just committing to going for a walk, right? Making sure that you're doing everything that you can to honor your body and take care of yourself because when you exercise you're going to feel so much better about yourself not just because of what happens from a physiological standpoint but just because you know that you're taking care of yourself and you're staying committed and i believe that this is going to transfer into other areas of your life i believe this will make you more confident when it comes to going to family events I believe it's going to make you more confident when it comes to how you deal with loneliness and isolation. I believe that it's going to help you make better decisions with food, right? So exercise is so important. Make sure that you stay consistent. Make sure that you have a plan. Make sure that you put it in your calendar, whatever works for you, but stay committed to your physical activity to help alleviate the stress and do what you can to feel better about yourself. Exercise can also be a powerful tool, in my experience, when dealing with stress in real time. Somebody says something to you that you don't like. You might get an email that bothers you. You might have some thoughts that are creeping in that are really starting to tear you down. Learning to practice the pause and saying, Okay, I'm not going to deal with this in this moment. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a a five-minute walk and gather myself and manage my emotions. I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk. I'm going to go to the gym and burn off some steam. I'm going to go meet some friends at a yoga class. I'm going to go take an exercise class, whatever the case may be, so that now you're not reacting impulsively to the stress response and you're finding something that's healthy to cope, right? So exercise, I think, can be a great tool in the short term as well when it comes to managing stress. Like, you have to take care of yourself. And when it comes to exercise... There's not many other things that do what exercise does between its ability to help you manage stress, improve your mental health, find community, improve your sleep, improve your physical health, improve your self-esteem, your discipline, your confidence, all those things that exercise does. And it's so important to double down on those things, specifically during the holidays when things are more stressful and things are elevated in your life. Now, we're going to talk about exercise Throughout the course of this conversation, but when it comes to managing stress, like I just said, it's important to stick to a plan, make sure you're moving your body consistently, doing whatever you can to get some movement in on a consistent basis. Again, it doesn't have to be hours at the gym, but at least make sure you're doing what you can to move, going for walks, taking a class, doing yoga, whatever works for you. And also that it can be used as a way to cope in the short term if you're feeling triggered, on edge, etc. The second thing that has helped me is meditation and prayer and just taking the time to sit with my emotions and gain some self-awareness as to why I'm feeling certain things, why I'm feeling stressed, what's going on in my life, how can I adjust, how can I adapt, where can I adjust in my schedule, how can I set better boundaries with family members, how can I take better care of my mental health meditation and prayer allows you to practice that pause in a more in-depth way. And it allows you to just take a break, gather your composure, take a few minutes to get calm, get clear, connect to your breath, connect to your mind, connect to your soul, and really begin to understand like what's going on and having some self-awareness. Like When you're meditating and when you're just sitting in silence, it really forces you to get connected to your thoughts and to your emotions. And it's a perfect way to practice uh, developing self-awareness around certain things, around why you're feeling stressed, around you know, why you're feeling elevated and emotional, etc. And it gives you an opportunity to practice discomfort and saying, okay, even though that these feelings right now are uncomfortable, even though I don't feel as peaceful as I normally do, it's okay because i'm building the confidence and the self-esteem to be able to deal with these things. And i'm building confidence in the fact that just just because something is unhealthy, i don't have to use an unhealthy coping me- mechanism to make it disappear right away. And so when you're meditating, it really forces you to practice that pause, develop some self-awareness, and just be with your thoughts, be with yourself and think about, you know, certain things that are running through your mind and giving yourself some time to just process all of that. It also allows you to create some separation between your emotional mind and your logical mind. It gives you some time to decompress and calm down a bit so that hopefully you're feeling better after you you know meditate and you're able to walk away and be able to deal with whatever stress is stressing you out or whatever's happening in your life at that time in a way that you're gonna be happy with after that event is over. And there's plenty of meditation apps. There's plenty of videos online. If you want to follow something guided, you can also obviously just sit in peace with your thoughts, which is something that I like to do. But again, meditation. And along with meditation, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, prayer can be something that is incredibly powerful. Whether you're praying to God, your higher power, the universe, whatever spiritual relationship you have, I think just taking some time to connect to something outside of yourself can be very transformative, whether that's asking questions, whether that's just venting, whether that's asking for for guidance, whether that's just having somebody to talk to, right? I think it can be so powerful. It's something I don't do enough of, and it's something I'm continuing to work on in meditation and prayer. When I'm consistent with it, it really does wonders for my mental health, my ability to manage stress, my ability to develop self-awareness, my ability to think clearly, my ability to just make sure that I'm responding to events in my life in the best way possible. Because listen, the way we deal with stress can really dictate so much in our lives. Like if you are consistently dealing with stress in unhealthy ways, you're going to create so much more unnecessary stress in your life. And it's not going to be that stressful event that initially stressed you out that kind of brings you down. It's going to be some of the things downstream that end up destroying your life because of your inability to manage stress. So we talked about exercise. We talked about meditation and prayer. Therapy is another big one that I can't recommend enough. Uh, I've been in and out of therapy my entire life and I find it so valuable specifically when I have a lot of stuff going on and I need to process some things or I'm feeling insecure about a certain area of my life or whatever it is. I can't emphasize therapy enough. Now, again, you have to find what works for you, whether that's hiring an actual therapist, whether that's Finding some sort of, you know, therapeutic support group, whether that's hiring a life coach, mindset coach, whatever feels most aligned with you, I really do believe there's there's so much power in talking to somebody who is disconnected from the emotion of, of what you're going through. And having a outside source be able to not only listen to you, but to help give you constructive feedback to help hold you accountable to help maybe see some things that you're not seeing, to help connect the dots for you. Because I think a lot of times, especially when we're seeking out therapy, it can be during times where we're incredibly stressed and overly emotional, and it can be hard, again, like I talked about a few minutes ago, to separate logic from emotion. It can be hard to not respond emotionally. It can be hard to respond logically, and instead you do something emotionally 10, 15 minutes afterwards or two days afterwards or whatever it is, you're looking back and you're like, man, why did I do that? Like, I shouldn't have responded that way. I could have done it so much better. So I think that going to a professional and talking to them about what you're going through and having them kind of guide you and help you unpack whatever it is, I just think is very powerful. Also, I just think having that support during the holidays is very beneficial, given that this is a time where typically more things come up for people. People are often more triggered by family members, friends, life in general. People are sometimes reacting very impulsively and making decisions that they're not proud of afterwards. I mean, there's so many things that are at stake a lot of times during the holidays. So I just think having somebody like that to support you is very beneficial for your stress. So exercise, meditation, and prayer, and then therapy. And the fourth one is I believe that you have to practice the pause and develop self-awareness. I've talked about this a few times. I think it's very important. One of the things that helps me a lot when I'm feeling stressed is this four-step approach. Number one is awareness around the situation. So what is it that I'm going through? What's stressing me out? Number two is acceptance. Accepting that stress is a natural part of life. Certain things are going to come up that make you feel a certain way. Certain things are going to happen that are going to impact you emotionally Especially during the holidays, stress is going to happen. Life is going to happen. So knowing that you are not alone and it's part of your life is going to help you because you won't victimize yourself and feel sorry for yourself and say, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? And then you fall down that spiral and that can just cost you so much time. So just understanding that this is just part of life. It's unfortunate, but the reality is it's here. So how are we going to deal with it? So that's the second step of this is, is accept Third is action is taking the next right action, right, finding a small step that I can take that is aligned with the highest version of myself that's healthy and that's going to make me feel better afterwards and this could be a variety of things for you. It could be a variety of things for me. some of the things that that have that work for me are some of the things that i that I've talked about already exercise, meditation, prayer, therapy, but it could also be phoning a friend. Could be like, I love comedy. Could be watching a comedy movie. Could be listening to a podcast. It could be reading a book. Whatever you find that is healing for you to feel better about the situation and move through the stress response in a way that is beneficial for you. The last part of that is being able to adjust. This is important too because you have to find what works for you. What works for me isn't going to work for everybody else. And what works for me now might not work for me in a month. So it's really being mindful and practicing again, that self-awareness, practicing that pause to understand like what I need in that moment. There's certain days where the best thing for me to do is just to sit my emotions and sit in that stress and really get uncomfortable and get comfortable with that and understand why I'm going through certain things so that. I can be able to figure out like how I'm going to properly adjust moving forward and how I'm going to continue to move past that. Right, That four-step process of practicing the pause really helps me a lot, specifically during the holidays when things might come up, I might get stressed, I might feel insecure or whatever the case may be. Next, I think it's very important to have healthy boundaries with yourself and with your family. Boundaries with yourself is staying disciplined. It is holding yourself accountable. It's telling yourself what you stand for for yourself and the things that are non-negotiables for you throughout the course of your day. Again, like what is important to you to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to manage your stress and to reduce your stress throughout the holidays. And I've talked about a lot of these things that have been helpful for me to build into my calendar that I think can also be beneficial for people as well. So you have to have these boundaries and being able to say, okay, like this is my schedule and I'm not going to negotiate. I'm not going to try and negotiate with myself when I want to go for a walk or I want to go to the gym. I'm not going to talk myself out of going to therapy on Thursday. I'm not going to not call my friend that I told them I would call because we set up a call to hold each other accountable, whatever the example is, but just making sure you're staying true to yourself, staying true to your boundaries, because that is going to go a long way because it's going to be really hard to have healthy boundaries with other people if you don't have healthy boundaries with yourself. And another aspect of having healthy boundaries with yourself is your calendar. Is saying to yourself like what is realistic for me to commit to during the holidays? Is it, you know, going to so and so's house for 3 hours? Is it going to this person's house for an hour and a half? Is it going to that holiday party or this holiday party or that holiday party and just making sure that you are not overwhelming yourself with your calendar and just packing so much in because you want to please everybody. Remember, if you do everything you can throughout the holiday season to please other people, you're going to be stressed, you're going to feel lonely, you're going to feel anxious, you're going to feel depressed, you're going to feel all the things because you're not taking care of yourself. Make sure you have healthy boundaries when it comes to your commitments this holiday season. Figure out the non-negotiables, what's important to you, where you need to go, and make sure that you're not over- overwhelming yourself. Now, again, this is gonna look different for everybody. I'm a guy who has, who's not married with zero kids, so my commitments and what, I have to, what I'm obligated to do is gonna be much different than somebody who's married with kids, right? You have to find what works for you. The goal of me saying this isn't to tell you how you should live your life throughout this holiday season. It's just to give you ideas on how you can better take care of yourself throughout this next month or so, So that you can do what you can to not be so stressed, not be so overwhelmed, not feel so anxious and burnt out throughout the course of this holiday season. So make sure you have healthy boundaries with your calendar and your commitments as far as the places you're going regarding family, etc. And then you have to communicate that to your family. So if there's certain family functions that you just don't have the ability to fit it in your calendar due to time, just due to your capacity, whatever it is, you have to be able to say, hey, listen, like... I care a lot about you. I care about. I care a lot about you. I have a lot going on this holiday season. Unfortunately, like I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, maybe I'll make it next year. Maybe we can catch up in the new year for a coffee, whatever it is. But you have to be able to set that boundary with that person, and you have to be able to communicate that right in a healthy way. Not ghosting them, not blowing them off, not ignoring their phone calls because you're afraid to, to say something to them. Like you have to practice this. You have to practice the ability to say no and stand up for yourself. And this is a perfect time to do that. Just making sure you're having those hard conversations with, with, with family members or friends or work people or whatever, where where if you really don't have the capacity to go to certain functions, then just being able to be honest and telling them why. And then if you like care about that person and you want to stay connected to them, Doing your best to set up a time to maybe connect with them in the new year when things are less hectic. When it comes to other family functions where you're more obligated to go, you want to go to these places, what helps me is just setting a a time limit. Now again, like I'm not like I don't have an alarm in my phone to say, okay, it's like 7 PM time for me to leave. But just no but just knowing that you can you don't have to stay somewhere for twelve hours. You can go somewhere for a few hours, hang out, talk, eat you know, be present, be engaged, then you're 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 allowed to leave. And so I just think communicating that ahead of time is also very beneficial. So if somebody calls you and they're like, Hey, are you coming over on Sunday? You'd be like, yeah, I'll be there at four o'clock. I have a lot going on. Probably won't stay past seven or eight o'clock or whatever. Right. I think when you communicate that you feel good because you're setting a boundary and you're standing up for yourself. But then also I think the person on the other side of that, I mean, I think a lot of times like they appreciate the honesty. They appreciate you standing up for yourself and respecting yourself with all of that said, and people might be listening to this or watching this and saying, you know, Doug, like I don't have problems with my family or I don't have, I don't want to set boundaries. I want, I don't have an issue just staying there all day. And like, listen for that person, like, cool. Like you have to do what works for you. My message in sharing some of the stuff I just shared is for the people that feel overwhelmed during the holidays. They have trouble with sticking to their schedule and managing their stress because what, ha- what happens is when we overwhelm our calendars and we, we commit to too much, it just naturally is going to raise our stress levels, right? Because we're going to be so overwhelmed. We're going to be scattered. We're going to be trying to to do everything all at once. And it just doesn't work out for the best. So we've talked about exercise. We've talked about meditation. We've talked about therapy. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about healthy boundaries. We've talked about practicing the pause. Discipline has been something that's been another overarching theme of this conversation. Sticking to your healthy habits. Sticking to what you know works for you as far as improving your mental health and reducing your stress on a regular basis. Making sure that certain things like exercise, meditation, socializing, working on yourself, all those things are in your calendar. You're staying committed to them even when things get tough, even when things get busy. It could also mean that maybe, sometimes especially during this season, I think it's okay to just check the box and saying, "Oh," and saying, you know what, I normally go to the gym for an hour and a half, five days a week. I'm, my goal is that, but if I don't do that, I'm at least going to get a 15 minute walk in on the, on that day, or I'm going to go to a 30 minute class, or I'm going to do some push ups at home or whatever the example is that you're just, you're still staying committed to yourself. You're still staying committed to your health. You're not setting these unrealistic expectations. If you have kids, you have family have all this stuff going on and you're not setting these unrealistic expectations with everything else going on during the holidays that will set you up to feel like a failure. If you don't get to the gym for an hour and a half or whatever your normal routine is, I just think sometimes you know, done is better than trying to be perfect, right? Just checking that box. Again, I don't advocate it like all the time, but the reality is holidays are busy. Holidays are stressful. It's much better, I believe, for your mental health and your overall well-being to just do something over nothing. If you don't have time to get that hour workout in that day, getting a 20-minute walk, I think it's going to go a long way. If you don't have time to do that hour workout, going to a 30-minute yoga class is going to go a long way in et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So staying disciplined to your healthy habits is going to do wonders for your stress levels during the holidays. Mastering your nutrition. Now, I'm not talking about what you eat. We're going to talk about that uh, later on. When it comes to your nutrition, it's not just food. It's what you watch. It's what you read. It's what you listen to. When it comes to all of that, just making sure you're doing whatever you can to optimize your mental health and reduce stress in that regard. So if you're somebody who maybe just went through a breakup or you're feeling lonely or whatever and you know th- throughout the holidays you're seeing family pictures and you're seeing people in relationships, you're seeing people have fun times as couples and so on and so on, you know it might be best to, you know, mute that person during the holidays or it might be best to just set a limit for for social media. Throughout the holidays. It might be best to find some other things to do to fill up your time instead of scrolling on social media. Right. So you just have to you have to be aware of what bothers you. And again, I'm not telling people to run away from their problems. I'm also trying to help people put up like certain guardrails in their life so that they can protect their energy more throughout the holidays. So just being mindful of that. If you're somebody that can look at social media and you don't get triggered, you don't get bothered, cool. But if you're somebody who does, you know, maybe. You want to figure out how you can have a better relationship with that and do what you can to not fall into some of these traps that we can fall into if we're scrolling on social media and we're seeing things that force us to fall into the comparison trap. And also just making sure you're paying attention to what you watch on TV. And if you're somebody that when you see negative stuff, it forces you down this this negative spiral, like just being mindful of all. Again, it's all about self-awareness. Again, practicing the pause. Pause understanding yourself so that you can make better decisions moving forward. Again, I'm not saying watching TV is bad, but just being aware of how this impacts you and just being mindful of all that stuff, paying attention to what you watch on TV, paying attention to what you read, paying attention to what you listen to. And so some of the things that really helped me during the holidays from that standpoint, and then I guess throughout the course of the year is I'm listening to podcasts, I'm watching Things that are funny on TV because I love the laugh. Having better boundaries with social media than I normally am. Throughout the course of the year, I'm on social media a lot for my job. But during the holidays, I, I do my best to not be on as much, to stay more present with people I'm spending time with, to... Improve my mental health, to work on other things um, that I have going on, to make sure that I'm just doing other things so that I'm not just staring at my phone throughout the course of the day. And it's forcing me to be more present with myself and more present with other people. So, again, paying close attention to what you watch, what you listen to, and um, what you read, I think is incredibly important. So, that's reducing stress. And I know I covered a lot. Some of the things that I think has been helpful for me, and I invite you to try as well, is the importance of exercise, meditation, prayer, therapy. Setting healthy boundaries, practicing the pause, staying disciplined, and mastering your nutrition as far as what you watch, what you read, and what you listen to. And so the next chunk of this conversation is going to be about how to deal with loneliness throughout the holidays. And this is something that a lot of people struggle with. This is something that I've struggled with throughout the course of my life given my, my story and my background and, and given my Rocky relationship. And given all the ups and downs I've had with my family over the course of my life. And so I totally understand what people are going through right now when it comes to this. Now there are certain things that have helped me deal with loneliness that I'd love to share and I think you might relate to. And the first thing is, number one, you feel way more alone spending time with the wrong people than you ever will spending time by yourself. And this is something that I've had to learn and that I'm glad that I learned, you know, early on in my recovery was that because I think what happens, and I used to do this when I was a kid and because I was by myself and didn't have anything to do, I thought the easy solution would just say, you know what? Like, I'm just going to hang out with anybody. I don't care how they treat me. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they stand for. But the fact that I'm not going to be alone will make me feel so much better. Wrong. I felt so isolated spending time with people that brought me down that made fun of me that didn't align with me on my values that you know were doing certain things i didn't agree with i felt so alone i felt so isolated and I, I i and i felt ashamed because i was like why am i making these decisions to spend time with people just for the sake of spending time with people and once i learned that and once i got comfortable again i talked about the importance of meditation and prayer and getting comfortable with those uncomfortable feelings earlier in this conversation, it helped me transform because I was able to understand why being alone bothered me so much, why being by myself was so challenging for me. And for me, it came down to me being uncomfortable with some of the the feelings and the thoughts that would come up for me it came down to me feeling like a failure because I wasn't around people. It came down to me you know, not feeling that I was good enough not th- and that I wasn't lovable. And so once I was able to deal with all of that, and again, this came not just through me thinking through it, but going to therapy and, and working with people, et cetera, I was able to have a much better relationship with myself and isolation in itself as well in that when I was by myself and didn't have a lot to do or I wanted to make a decision to stay home instead of going to a certain place. I felt more confident in my decision to do so, and so when you or when you're able to get past that, and understand that okay, like I'm not going to spend time with these negative people or people in my life that I that I just don't get along with at all, just for the sake of being around other people, I'm going to spend time by myself. And then it's like, well, what do you do? And you, I think it's the worst thing you can do. Is sit there and ruminate and feel sorry for yourself about being alone and just have nothing to do. I don't think that's very productive. It hasn't been productive for me. What has helped me, if I'm again, if I'm going to commit to spending time by myself and I'm not going to go out is using that time to gain clarity, to understand myself more. Again, I talked about my understanding my emotions around the whole loneliness thing and how that helped me, but also like understanding like what I want in my life and like okay, like I don't want I don't have the people in my life that I that I want right now what types of people do i want to attract into my life who do i need to become to attract those types of people you know what are my goals for next year what are some things that i i'd like to accomplish in the next few weeks you know what are some things that i want to work on what are some things that i love about myself again i can go on and on with examples but just using that time effectively as a as a mechanism for personal growth and understanding for yourself and using that that moment of adversity to your advantage no pun intended right in that Taking that time to be silent and using it as a way to to get quiet and to get clarity and then journal and then write down goals and and try to just process some of that stuff and then you know understand yourself and then process it in a way that works for you and for me, what's helped is like writing down some of those goals that I think about or writing down the type of person I want to become or writing down like some of the things I want to accomplish in the next few weeks, or it's writing down. Areas in my life that I want to improve on or whatever the example is. And these are things that I've used over the course of the last 15 years. Like, and specifically during the holiday season to make sure that I'm setting myself up to using these moments as, as mechanisms, again, for personal growth. And to being able to set myself up to view time alone as a positive and as an excuse to work on myself and to get clear, get clarity, and get quiet, right? So I also think, like, if you're spending time by yourself that it's important to find some sort of hobby and it's different for everybody it could be playing a playing chess it could be puzzles it could be drawing it could be reading it could it could be learning a new language it could be writing whatever it is like finding something to keep you busy during times where you're in that phase where you know you're spending time by yourself you don't want to be around certain people you maybe you just are in that stage of your life where you're just you just want to be by yourself and you want to spend time alone and you don't want to spend time with the wrong people. You can't just, you know, work on yourself all the time. I think that's unhealthy as well. Again, having that as part of this is very helpful, but doing that the entire time when you're not spending time with people, I think you can become over obsessive with that as well. So finding again, other things besides that to occupy your time during times of isolation. Again, Find a hobby. Find something that works for you, and there's plenty of them. And I, li- I listed several examples a few minutes ago, but just find something that keeps you busy and that you enjoy, that you like. And I believe you'll be surprisingly proud of yourself for not only you know finding a hobby that, that that suits you, for also just not giving in to the impulsive urge to not go around and be with other people just for the sake of being with other people, and that you're confident in yourself, that you know, kind of have fun, you know, doing something, um, you know, for yourself without the presence of other people my my message isn't to encourage people to not spend time with people at all. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I wanted to talk about that aspect of it because I know from my own experience, one of the most challenging things when it comes to feeling alone or isolated is this yearning to just spend time with people for the sake of spending time with people Because you, because I felt like a loser or a failure if I wasn't around people all the time. And when I got comfortable being by myself and i understood the value of that and i understood how much better off i was not forcing myself to be around certain people just for the sake of you know being around people there was so much growth that came from that and i was able to you know discover certain things about myself it gave me time to write gave me time to think about my career and you know even developing this podcast gave me so much time to work on myself and to find other things that i valued other than spending time with people That it's led to a tremendous amount of personal growth. On the other side of that is connection. And I do think you have to find ways to connect with people and you have to schedule that in throughout the course of the holiday season. Whether that's, you know, committing to going out with the people that you do like spending time with, you know, once a week or twice a week or whatever cadence you feel works for you. Whether that is like spending time with, certain members of your family or your family in general, X amount of times a week, whether that's finding some online support group that you feel connected with, whether that's going to group exercise classes, whether that's going to the gym. Again, the reason I love exercise in the gym isn't necessarily because it helps me big, build big muscles, right? I mean, obviously it's a great benefit, but I think one of the things that often gets overlooked is the community aspect of going to the gym in that when you're going to a gym and when you're around other people, these people are in there to better themselves and to cheer other people on and they're there to support one another. And so if you're feeling isolated during the holiday season and you're looking for ways to connect with other people, I think going to a gym and finding a exercise class that's aligned with you know, your fitness levels or what you feel comfortable with or just going to the gym and you know, working out and you know, talking to people or going to a yoga class. I just think that the more you ha- the more opportunities you have to connect with people that are on this forward path, that if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're on that forward path, I just think the better off you're going to be. And you never know who you're going to end up meeting. You could meet, you know, your next partner in a relationship. You could meet uh, your future best friend. You could meet, you know, somebody that you end up working with. You just never know who you're going to meet when you are going into environments where personal growth is, is emphasized. And so all that to say, I do think you have to schedule the time to connect with other people. You, you need to make that a priority because, you know, just sitting at home, you know, all day, every day during the holidays is, is just not going to be a healthy way to live. If you're in a position where you feel like you don't have anybody and you feel like you don't have people that you can really connect with, and that's where I think going to, to a professional or a therapist can help you like, you know, guide you on that path to figuring out like where you could meet some people that you might feel comfortable talking to, or you might feel aligned with, et cetera. So again, don't be ever be afraid to ask for help when it comes to this stuff. And also like one of the things that I think people struggle with is admitting some of these things is admitting that they're struggling during the holidays, admitting, That they're feeling lonely or isolated or stressed, and they think that they're gonna be seen as weak for bringing this up to somebody. And I gotta tell you, from my own experience, that's never been the case. Like, whenever I have reached out to somebody and just said, hey, like, listen, like, I'm really going through a hard time right now, I could just use some extra support, I could just use somebody to talk to. I just wanted to let you know that. I mean, the response has always been positive in a way, right? Where it's not like they're going to come over and rescue me or save me, but the response is always something like, hey, thank you so much for letting me know. What can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do? You want to meet up for coffee? I'm going to be, I'm free tomorrow if you want to chat. And so just don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. And and, re- and if again, if you, again, and I think the the simple thing is, um, if you're worried about who to reach out to, it's finding somebody that you truly connect with and you truly trust and then just reaching out to that person as like the lowest hanging fruit, instead of trying to call somebody that maybe you really don't fully trust or you're not sure how they're going to respond. I mean, I would start with, if you're really like concerned with this aspect, I would start with the person that you feel the most comfortable with as far as talking to them and then reach out to them, you know, share your thoughts, share your feelings. And I just think that that could go a long way, right? So don't be afraid to ask for help, whether that's talking to a professional, talking to a friend, um, whatever the case may be. Another thing you can do, if you're somebody that maybe runs your own business, if you you know work from home is you know setting up some time to go work in a coffee shop, to go work in a shared space somewhere so that you can just be around other people. And again, this gives you an opportunity to potentially talk to people to meet certain people um, can really help you a lot again because you'll be around other people and you just never know what can transpire from there. The other thing that can be really helpful is finding a church or finding some sort of spiritual community that you connect with, that you align with. You can just commit to going to every week where you go and you're gonna be around like-minded people. You're gonna be around people that you can connect with on a spiritual level that are aligned with that part of your life. And I just think that can go a long way as well. Now I'm gonna move on to the last part, which again, I think so many people struggle with, and that is gaining weight during the holidays. So many people gain weight during the holidays just because of, again, their inability to deal with stress, their inability to deal with loneliness, um, just going to family functions and just feeling obligated to eat a bunch of unhealthy food. Or you just, maybe you're somebody that eats healthy throughout the year. And then, you know, you, you see some of these foods at holiday events and you just, it's like, it's like off to the races, right? So whatever, I mean, there's so many reasons to, as to why, and I don't want to go into every single one, but it, the reality is it, it does happen. And so, some of the as as somebody who's been a trainer for 13 years, almost 13 years, I've had to have a lot of conversations with clients on how they can best, you know, fight obesity, fight the weight gain during the holidays, so that it doesn't mess up their current goals and and or they're not starting the new year off like 5 steps behind because of you know what they ate over the next month or so. I think there's two things you don't want to do when it comes to this. The first thing is trying to be perfect. Because the reality is number 1, I mean, is that it's not maintainable, it's unrealistic, and it's just not going to happen, right? And so, I think understanding that You know, one day of poor eating or or one day of eating a few unhealthy things isn't going to mess up, you know, eating the right way for 364 days, right? The rest of the year. But what can mess some things up is if you have this perfectionist mindset and your view of success and how you feel about yourself is dependent on how you eat. Right, and then let's just say you're like, all right, unless I'm perfect eating, then I don't see myself as healthy. I don't see myself as successful. I don't see myself as fit, or whatever the example is. And then you go to a family event and you see some pumpkin pie, or you see some stuffing, or and you eat it. And then what happens? And again, this is from my experience. Some of the thoughts that would go through my mind are, you're a failure. You're a piece of crap. I can't believe you did that. You're a loser you know, you're not, you're not as strong as you, you said you were like all these negative thoughts that would go through my head because I set the bar so high and so unrealistic that I ended up just that I ended up really setting myself up for failure. Right. So I think it's important to understand, again, you have to find like a healthy balance that works for you within that. Like you can't just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything, but also understanding that eating a, a serving of stuffing isn't going to destroy your goals. Eating a piece of pumpkin pie isn't going to destroy your goals. But having that mindset attached to perfection in food could because of what tends to happen with people. And I've seen this so many times where they eat some stuffing and they're like, I'm a failure. Well, if I'm a failure, I might as well keep failing. I'm going to eat some pumpkin pie. Oh, pumpkin pie was great. Let me eat some cookies. Oh, cookies were great. Now I'm really a failure. Let me just completely self-sabotage. I'm going to go back and get more stuffing. And then they wake up the next day feeling awful and then also they get so wrapped up in this perfectionist mindset that they feel so ashamed of themselves and they end up just eating like crap the next day because they're feeling so poorly about themselves that that ends up leading to more unhealthy behaviors and and more negative beliefs and then that creates again more unhealthy coping mechanisms and then again a bad day of eating now could potentially turn into a bad few days or a bad week, et cetera. And that, if you have a a full week of poor eating, I mean, that could really mess up your goals, right? That could really create a massive roadblock in your goals that could have easily been adjusted had you had a different mindset around food and perfectionism, et cetera. So again, don't focus on being perfect, um again have some boundaries on that and we're going to get into to some of the things that I like to do personally and that I advise people to do with my clients but you know you can't you can't focus on being perfect the other thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to say well I'll just wait till next year I'll use this time to eat and drink whatever I want and I'll just wait till next year because again it's not going to be conducive for how you feel about yourself if you're talking about stress like if you're eating awful all the time. I mean, it's going to make you more stressed. You're not going to feel good about yourself. If you're somebody that, that wants to, to lose weight and you gain more weight, right. I'm sure in my, in my experience, when I've wanted to lose weight and I gain more weight, I feel more, I feel more insecure. I feel more anxious, depressed, stressed. I don't feel good about myself again. So again, so don't use this as an excuse just to go off the rails and say, you know what? Um, we'll, we'll start next year because that mentality gets you into trouble. And what started as wanting to lose 15 to 20 pounds now turns into 30, 40 pounds because of some of the stuff that happened during the holidays. You're going to be starting the new year off like 10 steps behind where you could have been, right? So again, those two extremes I think do not work at all. I think trying trying to be perfect and then trying to just not care at all, I just don't think either one works. Now, what has worked for me in the past? What do I advise clients? It depends on the situation. I know for me, there's certain foods that I like during the holidays and I identify those foods and I know that I'm I'm not going to not eat those foods. Like for instance, during Thanksgiving, I love stuffing. So I'll eat, I'll make sure I get some stuffing. I like pumpkin pie. So I'll make sure I get a piece of pumpkin pie, right? I don't, I'm not a fan of mashed potatoes. so I'm not going to eat the mashed potatoes, right? I'm just making sure that I'm eating the foods that I really crave and that I like and that I'm not going to deprive myself of those foods because I think a lot of in my experience the like the overeating for me um with unhealthy foods during the holiday season comes from the the deprivation aspect where again I'll go in I've I've gone into it with a perfectionist mindset like I'm not going to eat any of those unhealthy foods even though I'm craving them even though I like them and then when I taste those foods it's like wow like why have I been depriving myself of this I need more of this and so I just think having certain foods but you know you're going to want to eat you know, at each meal, I think can be really helpful. I think prioritizing things that are going to keep you fuller longer are helpful, prioritizing things like protein, prioritizing things like fiber at certain meals and maybe eating them first for eating some of the unhealthier stuff I think can be a great tool. I think also learning when to say no. I mean, I think saying no is a powerful tool, very powerful tool. I mean, I think along with practicing the pause, learning to say no is like one of the most beneficial things you can do during the holiday season. And I think, again, you got you have to learn to stand up for yourself. And while I think it's, it's important to, if you're craving certain foods or you eat certain foods at a, at a time of the year that you don't want to miss out on, I think there's obviously there's room for that. But I think that there's also room for you to have boundaries, again, going back to that and saying no, and saying, hey, no, I'm full, I'm good. Hey, no, I'm okay. If somebody hates you for not wanting a piece of cake, Like they're not really your friend or they don't really care about you, right? I mean, think about that. Like if somebody's going to really be mad at you for not having a piece of cake, I mean, are they really somebody you want to be spending time with anyway, right? Nobody, I can can promise you, like if you tell somebody that you don't want an extra piece of cake or you don't want to eat certain foods, they might say something to you and that says more about them than it does about you. And then the next day, it's like you're over and done with it. You're past that, right? So I just think being confident with your choices and learning when to say no, I think is very beneficial. I think also having an accountability partner can be very helpful during the holiday season when it comes to nutrition. Um just having a, a somebody you can talk to throughout the course of a week could be a family member that also wants to stay on track with their health and fitness goals and and not gain weight or not eat, you know, overly unhealthy. Could be hiring a trainer, could be hiring a coach, could be you know joining some online forum, some online group. It could be somebody at the gym, like just somebody or it could be a friend just somebody to help keep you accountable and somebody to text and say, Hey, like I'm struggling right now. I'm going to this family event. Like I'm worried about certain things. Like, you know, just maybe just check in on me or calling that person, you know, the day before you go and, and sharing like your thoughts and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other or just, you know, just, I just think it helps to just to stay accountable to somebody and know that you have somebody that is challenging you and that you have support from while you're trying to, navigate the hardship of the holidays when it comes to, um, you know, the way you eat and your your healthy behaviors. Another thing that I think can be very helpful is just having, again, an overall plan and staying disciplined with that plan throughout the course of the holidays outside of the, the meals and the days you might be spending with family. Because like I've said, like one meal or one even poor day of eating isn't going to destroy your health and fitness goals If you're doing the right things and having a plan for the rest of the year, for the rest of the time, right? So making sure, again, not to sound like a broken record, that you're sticking to your exercise routine the best that you can, that you have some sort of plan when it comes to your nutrition and making sure that you're eating healthy, you're eating the foods that are aligned with your goals the rest of the time throughout the day, making sure you're getting enough protein, enough fiber, et cetera, et cetera. You know, making sure that you're working towards something. Like, I mean, this is why I've talked about, especially like during the times of isolation and and working on yourself, like why it's important to set goals for yourself and to talk about like what you want. Because I think that like, especially during the holiday season, I think setting a goal for yourself can be very helpful. And the goal doesn't have to be specifically like weight loss related, but it, it could be something fitness related that just keeps you moving towards something, keeps you going up the mountain of your health and fitness journey, because I think that when people don't have these specific goals during the holidays, a lot of times they just end up sacrificing certain things. Because and subconsciously they're like, "Well, I'm not working towards anything, so I can let this slide. I can let that slide." Again, have a plan, set some goals, make sure you're doing the right things on a on a regular basis, and then when you want to go to you know family events and eat certain foods, you're going to. It's not going to be as damaging to your health and fitness goals because you're doing the work the other 90% of the time, right? which I think is so valuable and so important. Again, I cannot overstate that enough, is that making sure you're sticking to your plan and having a plan and having these goals the rest of the time outside of um, you know, the times you're spending with, with your family. And obviously there's some other things you can do, like making sure that you're optimizing your sleep, making sure that you're staying hydrated, doing your best to you know, count calories or count your macros or whatever tool works for you. Again, to make sure that you're staying on track with the plan or whatever target you have or goal you have in mind when it comes to your, your health and fitness. And so on the other side of this is like, what do you do when you eat a bad meal? That's something that I think really gets in the way of a lot of people when it comes to their health and fitness goals is the example I I kind of used at the beginning of this part of our conversation or this part of the conversation where I said, okay, like somebody who eats a piece of pumpkin pie, now that piece of pumpkin pie, they makes them feel like a failure and they go and they eat all this other unhealthy stuff. What I always tell people when they eat an unhealthy meal, it's just like anything. I think you can't change that. You can only move forward and just find the next right action, right? I celebrate Christmas, so I'll use that as an example for me. Let's just say during that week, let's just say I'll go to like maybe three family events. Maybe I'll go to like a dinner Christmas Eve, lunch and a dinner on Christmas Day. So there's three events. Let's just say throughout the course of the week, I eat three meals a day to keep it simple. So 21 total meals. So let's just say that I eat unhealthy at every one of those meals that I go out Christmas Eve dinner I eat unhealthy Christmas day lunch I eat unhealthy and Christmas day dinner, but the rest of those days I eat healthy i eat the, I eat my normal stuff that I would eat so let's do the math right here so eighteen out of twenty one meals is eighty five is eighty six percent eighty five point seven percent so that means that Throughout the course of the week, even though I'm eating unhealthy at three meals, the other 85.7% of the time, I'm eating healthy, right? And I think when you step back and you're able to to see that, you understand like, wow, like it's honestly not that bad. Like when you let go of the perfectionist mindset and saying, okay, 100% doesn't matter, doesn't equal success in this, then you're able to see, okay, there's some wiggle room in how I eat as long as you're doing the the, the right things the rest of the time when you're able to step back and see that, you're like, all right, like eating that meal then really like wasn't as bad as I thought. It's not going to be as quote unquote dangerous for my health and fitness goals. as I thought you move on to the next meal and you go back to your plan and eating, you know, what you would normally eat. What you don't want to do is say, okay, like I've already eaten unhealthy at this meal. I might as well just eat unhealthy at this meal. And then you go get fast food or something. And then you're like, all right, well, I already ate unhealthy at this meal, and then I'm going to go to that meal and eat unhealthy because that becomes a pattern, right? And now the three unhealthy meals out of that week become like six or seven. And now your results might start to be impacted a lot more if you're eating more, if you're eating unhealthier throughout the week. So you see where I'm going with this. Like you, when you step back and you say, okay, I mean, eating a couple unhealthy meals throughout the holiday week, like really isn't that bad, like in the grand scheme of things. Just making sure that you make it a priority to say, okay, like, you know, I ate unhealthy at this meal at this time. So now it's time for me to go back to the way that I normally eat and I'll eat that meal or I'll eat those foods or whatever it is, right? So just making sure that you're doing everything you can to have the plan so that when you have the plan, when you eat something unhealthy, when you have an unhealthy meal, you know what the next move is to get back on that plan after you eat something unhealthy, right? Right. Again, so I guess bringing this all full circle when it comes to, you know, fighting weight gain and obesity during the holidays, I cannot emphasize the importance of, you know, making sure that you're getting enough protein, enough fiber, drinking enough water throughout the course of the day, eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, making sure that you're staying consistent with exercising, making sure that you have a game plan and sticking to that one that works for you, having an accountability buddy, if you think that would be helpful for you, learning when to say no to certain people. When they're offering you food that you really don't want to eat, making sure that you're not having a perfectionist mindset and having making sure you're giving yourself some wiggle room to have some of the foods that you do, um, you know, crave at times and you want to enjoy during the holiday season, knowing how to choose the next right action after eating something unhealthy and getting back on that plan. And getting back to a place where you're continuing up that mountain on your health and fitness journey and, and, and also making sure that you're not using this time as an excuse to just say, you know what, I'll forget about my health and fitness for the next month. I'll start over next year because, again, like I see this time and time again, you know, when people do that, that ends up you end up just pushing your health and fitness go- goals further and further and further and you create more stress and you create more unhealthiness that you have to almost undo or whenever you plan to get back on your health and fitness journey, I um, mean the last thing I'll say, something that I think can be really helpful too, is just planning more times to go for walks throughout the holiday season. I think can be very helpful again for reducing stress. But again, like the weight gain, obesity thing, where you're just you're finding you know more pockets to get some movement in. Again, this could be with family, could be with your kids, could be with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, could be with your dog, could be by yourself, whatever the case may be. I don't know if you all have listened to the episodes I've done with Stan Efferding, but I know he is somebody that's a huge proponent of the 10 minute walks and scheduling in a few 10 minute walks throughout the course of the day. That is something that I think can be really helpful because it just breaks it down where now you're not like, all right, I'm going to commit to going for a 30 minute walk. That might seem unreasonable, especially during the days where I'm super packed with commitments and family stuff, but going for a 10 minute walk, you know, after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, etc., fitting those in with where it fits within your schedule, that seems more manageable and more reasonable, right? So I think just u- utilizing that tool can also be very helpful. Again, to summarize everything, the holidays can be very stressful, the holidays can bring out the worst in people, the holidays can make people, you know, feel very isolated, feel very alone. The holidays can, you know, make people turn to unhealthy behaviors that they might regret doing, you know, later on. But the ho- the holidays can also be very beneficial and positive and a, you know a great way to spend time with your loved ones and practice gratitude and to deepen relationships with other people and to work on yourself it can be this beautiful time as well so i don't want the takeaway here to say that holidays are horrible and you need to like do everything that you can to combat that what i'm saying is that i do know from my own experience and from talking to a lot of people that the holidays can be very tough on people and so this episode i hope serves as a guide, if you will, to help the people that are feeling alone or they're they're fe- they're struggling during the holiday season and, and finding some ways, you know, work on ways to reduce stress and stick to their health and fitness goals and deal with loneliness in ways that actually will help them enjoy this holiday season more so this year. I don't want the takeaway here to, to say that I think this is all doom and gloom because it's not. Obviously there's so many people that that love the holidays and enjoy the holidays, and I I like the holidays too. And with all that said, you have to learn to make the most with what you have, right? And so, hopefully, me sharing these tools allows people to do so. And so, in summary, I've talked about ways for people to to deal with stress and to reduce stress. I've talked about things that have worked for me. I've shared things that have worked for me, and and things that I've seen help you know fight and deal with loneliness. I talked about certain tools and and tips and tactics to help people stay on track with their health and fitness goals during the holiday season and and fight you know obesity and, and gaining weight and making sure that they're feeling good physically throughout the holiday season. And hopefully i all enjoy this episode. Got a lot of takeaways. I would love to know what your thoughts are on this in the comments below on YouTube. Tag me on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your thoughts. And um you know thank you once again for all of your support. I'm wish I'm hoping everybody has a wonderful holiday season. And um, thanks again for tuning in.